In the name of the living God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Well, imagine the scene. You're hosting a huge celebration, a wedding party. Not like the ones we have today that last just an evening or a day at most, but a wedding party that's going to last seven days. The whole village is coming to share in the celebrations. Not just your family and friends, but everyone in the community, acquaintances, business partners, and even people you don't like that much will all be there, experiencing the hospitality of your household. You've been planning for months, saving up every last penny for the most fantastic feast you can only just afford. And the household has been busy for several weeks as everyone sets to work in preparation, cleaning, ordering and preparing the food, making everything ready for this very special celebration. And all's going very well so far. The ceremony was beautiful, the party's going with a swing, but then you realize to your horror that the wine is running out. You don't know how it happened. Were you cheated by that wine merchant? Or have the guests drunk far more than you thought? Either way, there's a disaster looming because the wine has almost all gone. And when the wine's gone, the party will be over. Everyone will have to leave and you'll be humiliated in front of everyone for being a terrible host. You'll never live this down. Well, this is what we're told was happening at the wedding feast in Cana, when Jesus steps in as one of those many guests and saves the day, turning water from six enormous water jars into delicious wine, astounding for its quality as much as its sheer quantity, rescuing the reputation of the host and amazing those who realized what had happened. This is the first of Jesus' miracles in John's Gospel. Miracles that are called signs because they show us something we might not otherwise see. Pointing to Jesus being more than some ordinary holy man. Pointing to his glory, his God nature that will only be fully understood after his death and resurrection, but can be glimpsed in the wonders he performs in his time on earth. At one level, the story seems to be just another tale about something impossible that Jesus did. But as with all miracle stories in the Bible, the story's full of clues to help us to understand the meaning hidden within the miracle clues that might be lost on us today, but would certainly have been understood by the first hearers of the gospel some 2,000 years ago. So the water jars, for example. In the gospel, you'll remember, there are six. Well, in the days of Jesus, numbers had meanings. Seven was the number of completeness, of something being finished, and six, Six was the number of incompleteness, of something being unfinished. So having six water jars helps us understand that our spiritual life was incomplete 
before Jesus the Messiah came. Or if we think about the wine and the wedding itself, they're both traditional symbols from the Old Testament used to illustrate the joy of the age when the Messiah comes. So in this gospel story, the wine and the wedding feast both help us to understand the joy of the new age Jesus the Messiah will bring. And the act of turning the water into wine, of helping the wedding guests with such abundance, helps us to understand the power and the generosity of God seen through Jesus Christ, who will in the end give himself up in his supreme act of generosity for our sakes. So there is far more to this gospel story than simply water becoming wine. Through it we see Jesus' true identity as Messiah, God's chosen one, the one who reveals God to us. We glimpse the joy and abundance of the age to come. And we're amazed by the power and generosity of God at work in Jesus. It's a hopeful story for these bleak midwinter days when the news is often as grim as the weather. We know ourselves to be divided in so many ways. And when so many of us feel so powerless to change things for the better. We may sometimes wish that someone would step in just as Jesus did at Cana and simply turn the world around for us. But if we look at the gospel carefully, we'll notice that Jesus didn't actually do things all by himself. There are other people involved in the miracle that takes place. People on the sidelines, people in the shadows who are partners in the story. Take Mary, the mother of Jesus, the first person to be mentioned in our gospel today. It's Jesus's mother who first notices that there's a problem with the wine. She is the one who mentions it to Jesus, pointing out the need and encouraging him to act. Of course, she gets the kind of grumpy response from her son that will be familiar to many mothers here, but she doesn't give up and quietly instructs the servants to be ready, showing both leadership and perseverance in her discipleship. And then the servants themselves come into their own, taking the new wine to the steward for tasting, enabling the wonder to be noticed and the disciples to leap forward in their faith by their simple obedience. Neither Jesus' mother nor the servants did anything spectacular. They were weak in the world's eyes, a middle-aged woman and some household servants. But they used what little power they had, and they used it well. So even in this gospel story, when Jesus was here among us in the flesh, other people played their part in helping with his work. God relied on us then, as God relies on us now, to participate in God's own work of transformation, bringing in God's reign of justice and peace, joy and abundance here on earth. 
Bringing in God's reign of justice and peace may sound like quite a task when we look around us and think for a moment of all the brokenness of the world today. But we're not alone. Towards the end of John's Gospel, when Jesus knows that his hour has come and his days on earth are drawing to a close, he promises his disciples that he would not leave them comfortless. He promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to guide them and strengthen them when he is gone. It's by the power of this Holy Spirit that we are gifted and strengthened to join in God's work now. And as St Paul reminded us in our first reading, we're each gifted by the Spirit in different ways. Each of us, as he says, has a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So whether it's in small ways like Mary and the servants at the wedding feast, or like St Paul himself in founding and leading Christian communities, everyone here has gifts they have been given for the service of others. I wonder what your gifts might be. I wonder how you are using them. I wonder what our society, what our world would be like if everyone used their gifts to help each other and not just to help themselves. So as we rejoice in the power of God's love made manifest in the changing of water into wine, we also rejoice in the manifestation of the spirit that is ours through the gifts we've been given for the common good. Strengthened by this holy feast, let us go out with renewed commitment to use our gifts in the service of others. Because together, in the power of the spirit, we are strong to bring God's love and healing to this divided world.